You're listening to the Out of Range Podcast with Tony Franklin, powered by Bolt TV. I'm ready. You're ready. Now, let's get out of range. I'm AJ Johnson, and I never listen to the Out of Range Podcast with Tony Franklin. Welcome, Matter Range fans. It is episode 23. Uh, Tonight, we're going to review the happenings of the PBA Jonesboro Open. Let's find out exactly how Matt's Super Bowl locks of the week turned out. But most importantly, we're going to recap the Outer Range crew's massively degenerate trip to the Palm Springs. Dehart, on that note, how are you feeling? Well, now that the fog has kind of uh, settled out of my brain, I'm Slightly back to normal. How about you? I, I mean, it's it's day four post, right? That's correct. I I just today when I woke up, I was like, okay, everything everything feels okay today. So I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna live through it. I think we're gonna live through this thing. Yeah the uh, the flight the flight home really really set in on how much damage we did. Oh gosh, man, I was sweating so much and it was so cold <laughs> on the plane. Oh, terrible. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> oh, hey, man, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, on last week's episode, our intro was Kyle True. Did you I, notice that? I, and I, yeah. I, did, I did notice that. Yeah, and then he went on to win the tournament, the Jonesboro Open. Now, uh, I'm going to have to see how he does, uh, you know, of course, this week, but I mean, he, I think he was having a pretty good week this week. So that's why this week we put A.J. Johnson in there. So thank you, AJ, for the intro, and I think AJ would be a great way to start this week's episode. What do you think? I think it's a, a great talk. I mean, think about this. So the Barnes-Johnson match, is, I, I think, is what made the show, right? So the match was dead even. Johnson throws a double, I believe, in the sixth and seventh frame, puts the pressure back on Barnes. Now, the match was dead even at this point. Johnson comes back after that double, yells, I'm back, baby. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You're back on the show. Big deal. What, then, what is that? What's he back? Wait, what's he back from? Uh, Did he go somewhere? Yeah, like a, like a three, three show hiatus uh, or three year show hiatus. I have no idea. Oh, he's, I, he's been doing okay, hadn't he? He's all right. He's cashing. But I thought the most important part of that was Barnes got right up, doubled, and yelled back, You're back? I'm still here. But the thing to watch is about five seconds after he says that, if you watch Barnes walk back to his seat, he definitely brushes shoulders with Johnson. And I thought that was awesome. So fans, go out and watch that again. Guarantee you see there a little brush up there. What did you think about that, Tom? There was definitely a bump. Now, if you see it from the first angle, it looked like he bumped him pretty good. And then... When they see they show uh, the uh, replay from the foul light coming back towards the pit, uh, it looked like more of a, a gentle breeze blew in. But there was there was definitely a touch of some sort right after Barney had to you know give his own flavor of some trash talking. I mean we we don't we don't get too many uh, altercations amongst the bowlers these days, now do we? No, so. 
after the show was done, it really got me thinking. So picture this. Imagine a boxing match. Let's say Mayweather versus uh, Manny Pacquiao. What do they do the day before the match? They they get in each other's face at the weigh-in? Yes. What? Let's let bowling do that. So have a little, uh, you know, half hour to an hour pre-show. Maybe the guys are warming up, but can you imagine like a, a beef stew and a Chris Barnes locking up in a four versus five match on TV and just trash talk left and right? Yeah, you know that's a that's a good piece because you were you you and you and Matt were mentioning that to me this weekend. Is that, you know the generation that we have on the PBA tour right now? The it's a lot of young, fantastic bowlers. But they're all buddies, right? They're all on the same team. I'm doing the air quotes over here. They're on the same team. So there's really no trash talk. There's lots of hugs and bugs. And, you know, where's where's the where's the heated rivalry at? Is there a heated rivalry? It's it's amazing that you say that. I want you to go and check out Belmo's interview on Flow Bowling. They try to talk to him about re- revealing some of the rivalries. It was literally the worst interview I've ever listened yeah. to. He wouldn't do it, right? It's terrible. He wouldn't admit to any of that. Yeah. So we know that there's a rash Belmo uh, rivalry. They don't like each other. That's fine. But man, like, do a little bit for TV. I mean, the basketball player. Yeah, basketball players get in their faces all the time. They get technicals and stuff. I mean, can you imagine like Kirk von Kruger coming out under the lanes and giving a guy a tea? I mean, I just, I just, I just think about all these crazy scenarios that would make the TV show is a little bit more interesting. And that match specifically really had me on the edge of my seat. It was good. I, I, again, I, I don't know exactly what AJ was coming back from, but okay, let's, let's get fired up. Maybe he's, maybe he's just trying to stick one in Barney right there, which is good. I want to see some of that. There's more to bowling than just getting up there and throwing the shot as good as you can, you know, mix it up a little bit, put, put some added pressure on the opponent with a little trash talk, I mean, you know, we're not afraid to do a little trash talk and on occasion at whatever game or sport we might be playing. So why not? And Barney loves that, too. Barney was more than happy to get up there and give it back to him to some degree. I just didn't know he's going to bump him. That could have that could have gotten a little hairy. I'm not sure I could have. I wouldn't have turned around and AJ would snap Barney in like 13 pieces, wouldn't he? I was just going to say, I'm not sure Barnes was picking the right guy on the show to bump. No, no, no. Bump into EJ, right? Bump into EJ. Don't don't bump into the most fit guy out there. So so, that's good. But I really want to talk to you about, so the title match was phenomenal, right? So Kyle Troop shoots 290, beats, uh, beats Barnes, who shoots 267. But Tony... Do you have do you have any idea what the average of the title mat the winners of the title matches are from the first three shows this year? I'd like to take a guess really quick. I would like to guess two hundred and ninety three. Yes, somebody's been doing the research. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote about that this week. Yes, two ninety three. Can you believe that? So let me so let me take it one step further. Have any idea on the cumulative average for the losers in those title matches? Oh man, give it to me. What is it? 246. Wow. So put yourself on the, so put yourself on the TV show. Let's say you've made all three TV finals. You're in the championship match and you've lost all three and shot two, four or average 246. How'd you feel about that? 
Yeah, it'd be tough to swallow. Tough to swallow. I mean, it's been the the championship matches have been electric this year. Mm-hmm. Man, I like it. I like to see some scores. You know, I like nine baggers with my eight baggers, and we're certainly getting them, man. That's good. So this was, I, I, this was a I, tough one. This, I mean, Barney though, man, that was a that was a tough game to lose. It was a really really well bowled game. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he likes the dual oil pattern tourneys much. Would you? Would you agree? Gosh, he's clobbering those. Um. So, so let me ask you this. Uh, so we've had an outstanding uh, average in the in the title matches. We're in the week of our very first major. You know what that means? Title matches, three hundred dollar bonus is now one million dollars. Any chance we sniff that this week? One seventy three going to win. The, win the title this week? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, there ain't going to be any lefties on the show, that's for sure. Oh, my gosh. I saw a funny a funny uh, tweet from the Ryan Simonelli today. Did you see that? I, I did not. Yes, he said, uh, dead last two years in a row in this building. How about that? Because, you know, he had his rough six games in WD last year, and then he did not finish last, but, I mean, he, he was snuggling right up against it. Oh. Yeah, so so I, I jotted down a couple of notes, and I was looking at the bottom of the qualifying standings, and I looked and I seen Danny Wiseman, Carmen Salvino, and Brian Kretzer, which Danny Wiseman and Kretzer both withdrew. But why don't you just go ahead and look up the next seven names above that? <laughs> Are they all left-handed, D-Hart? They're all left-handed. Oh, God. And one lefty finished plus. Any guesses on that lefty? Rhino Page? That's correct. Oh, he's the only one. He's the grinding machine, dude. He is such a good bowler. Such a good bowler. So I have to ask, and th- and this could this could be cast amongst all the bowling world, but do you think if they continue to have this tournament of champions at the AMF Riviera, that maybe the lefties will just stop showing up? Yeah, I mean, why why is it so play so bad on the left? Well, I've been I've been watching I mean, it a little bit this week, cool. and you know you watch you watch some of the 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 bigger guy or the. Uh, top names and you see him play straight but dude, the lane surface just gets beat to hell and the righty the righties just move left so fast and the lefties can't get the ball off the gutter so what do you think happens then yeah it just looks like there's a lot of a lot of hang down the lane on the left anytime i saw anybody moved in moving it just you know three seven nine all day long do you think the righties love it you know i'm sure they I'm sure they, uh, as a right-hander, I mean, that's kind of the way it is. It's like, well, you know, it's just a couple more spots you don't have to worry about. I mean, you got Buttruff. Isn't he, I thought he's the greatest bowler in the world. What's going on with that guy? I was just going to say, I mean, I bet you every uh, every bowler in that top 24 is thankful that Jacob Buttruff is not in there. Yeah, man, you don't want to leave only, Yeah, if he's the only lefty in the field, there's a good chance that he's going to make the show. Um, but, uh, you know, the one thing that stands out, and I don't know if you remember this, at the Hall of Fame Classic, when he made the show, they said that he had hurt himself. He had a bad thigh or bad quad uh, on his sliding foot or his sliding leg. Um, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Interesting. Maybe, man, but something's up. I mean, it did not matter for the last couple of years what they put out. He was going to destroy it. And now he's firing 170 games like they're free. That's something. Something is up there. Something is up. So I uh, would like to give a, a quick comment on uh, Carmen Salvino this week. We talked a lot about Carmen last week on the episode, and he announced this week before 
the tournament champions that this would be his last one as a competitor. So much love to Carmen, uh, but also a good decision. So now we didn't get a chance to talk about this last week, but it's, it's time to move on to that ceremonial first shot type of deal, which you were alluding to, right? Kind of like they do in golf, the masters, et cetera. I agree. Yeah. So I think there's a couple of different ways they can go with, with this, uh, whether it be a ceremonial first ball or they do some sort of a legend sweeper of some sort. You, you, know, you have to reminisce on, on the founding fathers, the people that have kind of built the sport to what it is today. And I, I don't think you need to lose sight of that. But with that being said, like we alluded to last week, an 86-year-old doesn't need to be competing in the Tournament of Champions today. There's, no. still, uh, there's still other ways to reminisce on, on his career. Yeah, you, you know, you want to you wanna honor and respect the past um, without embarrassing the past. And I think that's kind of what ends up happening in a situation like this. I mean, 18 games this week, he averaged 150 on the nose. So, I mean, you know, even he mentioned he, it's difficult to find time to practice. Uh, he doesn't bowl league anymore, hasn't in about five or six years. So it's, it's tough. I mean, and again, best bowlers in the world – Difficult lane condition, you know, it's just it's a bad spot for him. So hopefully they'll do something different uh, to get his energy and excitement out there. And I hope it looks something like maybe like your Legends Pro-Am idea. Cool idea, ceremonial first shot, whatever it may be. I'm cool with all that. Yeah, or even like a doubles deal. That would be cool to pair him up with a, with a current bowler. Have a little side tournament. All right, I think you're stretching it now. I don't, I don't know okay. why we need a side tournament. we got a tournament. <laughs> good run, though, Derek. You had a good run on that one. That's good. All right. Well, that's going to take us out of the bowling mode. So let's get into Super Bowl mode. And uh, I hope Matt can get through this next section without crying. It's going to be a close one. Be right back. All right. Here we go. Matt, uh, what'd you do on Sunday? What? What were you up to? Sunday, phenomenal day, man. It was the Super Bowl 49ers versus the Chiefs. Oh, that's right, man. Yes. Chiefs, 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 Chiefs. Yes. Were they doing that in the stadium? Dude, I thought that was tremendous how there had to have been a ton of Chiefs fans at the Hard Rock Stadium because you could most definitely hear that louder than anything. And we all know at the Super Bowl that there's all different types of fans, not just the two teams that are playing. And I found that super cool that you could most definitely hear that more than anything. It was very loud. It was almost like you were at a Chiefs game. I didn't really see the what was the what do you think the breakdown was? Chiefs to 49er fans in the stadium. I really couldn't tell because everyone's wearing red of some sort. Did you get a good feel for that or did you hear anything? I, I got I got not a good feel at all on that. I kind of had the same feeling as you. I, I mean, the only the first thing that came to mind when I was thinking maybe there's more Chiefs fans than there are 49ers fans is because of how loud they were uh, down the stretch. Once, once we kind of turned the tide a little bit. Uh, we're down 10 and then turn the tide and obviously we're able to pull off the victory, but coffee black, are you out there somewhere? Coffee, please tell me that you listened (laughs) to the last episode of the out of range podcast. I hope for your sake, for your mortgage sake, that you listen to me, big cat, big cat. 
Big Cat, did you play the Chiefs to win? Did you play the under? That's the question. I owe you one coffee black. I gave you the opportunity. Did you take it? I hope you did. I mean, you could have got it back on everybody's good side if they just listened to you. All it is, dude, listen to what the McFadden has to say. But you know what? It was very much of a homer play tone. Uh, And I, I have to say... I thought once they started picking up steam there that the, the over under was definitely uh, was definitely in trouble, but yep. stuck around at 31 to 20. That first half was that first half was slow. It was, what was the first half score? It was 10, 10. It 10, was like 10. a new yeah, football 10, 10. game. It was 10, 10 new football game with two ha- uh, with, with a half to go two quarters left. And at that point it's just, you know, it's 30 minutes of football left. That's right, baby. Chiefs. So, so Floyd Mayweather, let's recap a little bit. I gave you a couple props. of prop bets last props. week, didn't I? That's right. Did, I did. did he did he bet more than one million dollars on the game? Very hard to tell. I spent a few uh, a few minutes today trying to search around and find exactly uh, what a Floyd Mayweather miraculous uh, boxer would have bet on the game. Couldn't find any information on it. So I would assume that that bet, if you played it, was probably null and void. Um, I did find some information um, that he placed a really big bet back in the day in 2014 on the Broncos against the Panthers. Um, I think it was a $10 million play. I did read an interesting piece, though, that they said he uh, he's he would be braggadocious if he won. I'm assuming he lost because we didn't hear anything uh, about I his got big you. victory. So, so I got you. You know, I'm just going to read between the lines and basically say he he probably put some money out there, and I'm guessing it was more than a million dollars, but I think he might have played the 49ers. On that note, Floyd, listen to McFadden. That's it right, would have been all right in. for you. It would have been all right for you. Maybe maybe he subscribes on the Apple Podcast, subscribes maybe? to the Outer Range. His phone blows up, and he gets a subscription <laughs> notice and says, hey, these guys just dropped a new podcast. Maybe I should listen. I'll learn something about bowling. And maybe uh, pick up a tip or two. I don't know. All right. All right. Yeah. Get in there, man. Locks of the week coming at you every year. Okay. Number two. Number two. This one I thought you and I had a little fun with. We were circling around, and it was basically the fan running out on the field. Um, I I walked away from the Super Bowl thinking, I didn't see a fan run out on the field. But I was wrong. I believe a fan did make their way out on the field in the first half. Um, Ooh. And they were tackled by security. So the favorite hit in that prop at plus 125, security tackled a fan on the field. Tony and I were hoping for Tony and I were hoping for tackled by another fan, but we weren't that lucky. We did talk a little bit about the story about possibly Tony making his way out on the field at some point and getting tackled by DeHart. But uh, so, yeah, the the favorite hits. The favorite hits in the favor was 125. 125. So a uh, <laughs> fan got tackled by security. Uh, Love it. Love it. Miss that. Miss that. I, I, I mean, I'm sure they're in the habit of not showing it, but uh, did a little research and found out that, yes, in fact, a fan did make it on the field at the Hard Rock Stadium. So Nice, nice. How in the hell did the Chiefs win this football game, Tony? Thoughts? Uh, well, let's see. They were down uh, a lot. With what? I, they uh, were down ten points. They were they ten, were down ten, ten points. points. With yep. with what? Six minutes left. 
Six minutes left uh, in the third quarter, I believe. It was ticking down past six yeah. minutes. And uh, and, they, and they scored how many touchdowns? Uh, they, three they, in a row, right? They scored three unanswered TDs. One one was late. One was one was garbage. I mean, I, I think it was pretty much uh, locked up at that point. And and uh, Williams broke away for a, I think it was like a thirty or forty yard TD run. But yeah, um, I on the flight back um, on the flight back from Palm Springs, and then uh, later in the week, I watched the second half. So I've watched the second half twice, and I found myself thinking, how did we win? I mean, we they had us at like third and 10, third and 15, and some would say the Niners were probably one of the best defenses in the league this year. And how we, how we made it out of that, I really felt like we didn't play that great of a game. It was most definitely not the Chiefs' best game uh, all year, but... Patty Mahomes, man, uh, working the Mahomes magic. Greatness, greatness. So we we hooked up, Tony. You remember we we uh, we sat next to some guys in Palm Springs, and I was questioning the fact of last week you made mention that the Rams basically made it to the Super Bowl last year. You guys were down an hour south of L.A., and there was like two Rams fans at this yep. uh, casino yep. that we went to. Yep. So my mind is thinking there's not going to be any Kansas City Chiefs fans at this at this party that we went to walk in. First guy I talked to, I see two guys wearing Mahomes jerseys and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Go and talk to him. Of course, I'm not shy. I'm, I'm I've never met a stranger. I roll up and talk to these guys. Not only are they from Kansas City, but one of the guys actually went to the high school that I graduated from. He graduated in 1979. I graduated in 1997. Here we are. <laughs> 2,000 miles away from home, and I bump into a guy who we share the same high school. So luckily we got, to, we got to sit next to those guys, and I got to kind of high-five and hand-pound those dudes while we watched the game. So I thought it was a really fun atmosphere. Um, yeah. was able to lock in on some Chiefs fans, and, and uh, we had a good time. I felt like it was 80-20 Chiefs in there. About I the thought same. so, too. I yeah. thought so, Isn't too. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? I, I couldn't believe it. I still am wondering – sitting here thinking, wow, there were way more Chiefs fans than what I was expecting. Now, the 49ers fans, I got to give credit to. They were all over it. Every time Bosa made a stop, they were pumped up. And, uh, you know, at, at one point, I'm like, scoreboard, I have nothing to say. Our team is playing terrible. The Chiefs were not playing great. I kept leaning over to these guys' table and say, small battles. Every time we move the chains, first down, small battles, small battles. And that's what they did. They just battled back into it. And were able to, uh, they were able to get the win. I mean, it just it didn't feel like to me that I almost thought that the Niners played a better game, but ended up losing by three touchdowns. If that makes any sense whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the way it went, man. Pretty cool. I just love the way the uh, again the crowd, man. Just the fact that so many Chiefs fans been sitting on fifty years of frustration, and then uh, everyone just brought their A game, and it's really cool. Great environment. I, I enjoyed the heck out of. Uh, the elation that all you KC Chiefs fans got to show. Yeah, most definitely 50 years of uh, of trials and tribulations and, and close opportunities. Um, I'm not going to say that I've been a Chiefs fan my whole entire life. I didn't move to Kansas until I was about 8 or 10 years old. So, But, uh, yeah, dude, pumped up. Pumped up for the boys back in Kansas City. Uh, a couple of my buddies went to the parade. Uh, I don't know if you watched any of that footage. Yeah. <laughs> 
Did you see the craziness that was there? Yes. So yes. I think that was over a million people in the Power and Light District, um, which is nuts. When the Royals won the world, their World Series, there was 800,000 people. And the feeling that I got from everybody is that it was way more people than that. Um, Travis Kelsey's speech was tremendous. I mean, I, I couldn't. I was expecting nothing less yeah. than what he threw out there. I mean, that guy just takes it to another level. You got to fight for your right to Lombardi. I love they it. Played I that, loved it. They played that on our uh, sports radio station down here today. They went, they went all through his speech, uh, just word by word. I mean, he was, he's got WWE written all over him. I mean. Oh, screaming, screaming life after football, isn't it? Yes, yes. So can I tell Good you a stuff. quick can I tell you a quick story? I bumped into some guys at lunch at work and they're from Kansas City and they were back in Minnesota visiting and for some strange reason Mahomes and Kelsey were hanging out together. This was probably like a year ago and the Uber driver that drove our buddies from the supplier around told them a story that he was also does private limo driving on the side and he drove Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey around for a weekend. They were up there for something. I don't know what, but after it was all said and done, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey tipped this guy $10,000 for his work that weekend, $10,000. <laughs> and they also told me another story. Actually, this one came from Ashley Mahomes and his girlfriend were out to eat. This was a while back. I don't know if it was earlier in the year or not. They walk into a restaurant in Kansas City. Nobody bothers them. Leaves them to their meal. Doesn't ask for autographs. So as he's leaving, Patrick Mahomes basically turns around and gets everybody's attention and says, this is why I love Kansas City. Thank you guys so much for allowing us just to be one of you guys and enjoy our meal together. And he paid for everyone's meal in the restaurant. That's pretty cool. I mean, this cool. kid is this kid's got it, man. I mean, I know I'm a Chiefs fan, but he's doing it the right way. No matter if he sounds like Kermit the Frog when he talks, I mean, this guy has got whatever it is. He has it. He's the best player in the NFL right now, and he's just doing it the right way, man. I'm I'm so excited for this guy. I'm so excited for the Chiefs in the future. But I like to see good guys do good things. range podcast available on all the big streaming services make sure you guys get out there and subscribe to us keep the content flowing apple Podcasts, google spotify etc also on the facebook the out of range podcast we're going to post a few pictures of what our next topic is going to bring to life the pictures only make it more flamboyant at least i think so and that is we were in palm springs this weekend for a four-person fun Super Bowl everything bonanza. So, and D-Hart and I already talked about this. Matt, you recovered yet? You feeling okay? I feel great, man. I got a couple of 10-hour uh, sleep sessions in. I feel phenomenal. I'm ready to rock. All right. So, Palm Springs, when you just hear that name, it just feels fancy braggadocia. So, our fourth was our good friend Frisco Doug. He gave himself that nickname, by the way, totally against the rules, but everyone calls him Frisco Doug now, which I kind of like. So if you want to call yourself Frisco Doug, Frisco Doug, you go right ahead. Frisco Doug it is. So Frisco Doug and his dad, they got a condo. They're Southern California kids. 
uh, they got a place out there. And he's like, hey, last year, man, why don't you come out? I was like, Palm Springs? I think of Palm Springs, I just think like old school, 1950s Hollywood royalty. But I said, all right, I'm, I'm game. I'll do it. And uh, so we went out there. What I found, man, was the most amazing weather in the world. You got old retired people that are just happy as hell, right? Why would you be mad? It's 82 degrees. You ain't got no job. You ain't got nothing to do. The golf courses are all like perfect carpet. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing place. I know when I got on the plane Friday night to fly out there, it's not like a regular plane flight from Texas, right? I'm looking around. Everybody got white hair except me. I'm it, right? My, my little my, my gray patches have nothing on this plane. There weren't three hats on the plane. I mean, that's when you get on a, I don't know about in, in Kansas or Wisconsin, D-Hart, but I'm telling you what, when you step on a plane in Texas, everybody got a hat on. If you're a dude, you got a hat on. But when you got like everyone's 75 years old minimum, Ain't no hats on that plane. There were honestly like two or three hats on the whole plane. So that's when you just start feeling we're going someplace different. And then off to Palm Springs we go. What about so, the what about the airport and the D plane, Tony? Do you like that? Do you like walking off the plane and then immediately you're outside? Just yeah. you're just outside. I love that. I've only done that experience at one time in my life. Went to uh, a, a a wedding in Dominican Republic, but D planing without the jetway and just walking right out there and just breathing that fresh, beautiful air. And then the airport is open. It's an open airport. Like birds are just flying through the airport. And I'm like, where am I right now? Yeah. That's crazy. So I thought what we could do tonight, guys, would just be maybe share a story of one thing we did that was fun and, uh, and go from there. So I'll start because it says the out of range podcast with Tony Franklin on the on the logo. So I'll go ahead and go first. Thanks guys for allowing me to do that. Uh, golf. So first off, golf courses are fantastic out there. It is 82 degrees, like all the time. Beautiful sun. How great was that weather? D Hart? Oh my God, dude. Uh, 85 degrees, no wind, <laughs> no wind. Yes. That's the, that's what I forget. No wind. You know, Kansas, it's uh no wind out here as well. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Now it's 95 uh, miles an hour all the time. How about how about sixty two degrees when you wake up at seven thirty in the morning and you just go and sit in the hot tub for two hours? So good, so good. All right, so our golf adventure was a doubles match, myself and Frisco Doug against D Hart and Matt. So you kind of just go best golf or worst golf as a team, and then the two in the middle are a team. So D Hart's by far the by far the best golfer. Matt is the worst, but not by a bunch. Like him and Frisco Doug, pretty close. Right, pretty close, and then D Hart's got me by ten strokes, somewhere in that range. Uh, but D Hart, real nice to me, which I appreciated. Uh, you just hit your like three iron or two iron off the tee. You didn't ever hit driver. <laughs> he hit miles. driver one time in eighteen holes. Yeah, Matt, you still need to be pissed about that. He cost you money because I think at the end of the day, oh yeah, man, me and Frisco Doug just we kind of we gave it to you guys good. However. The piece that was the most funny to me, and we will post a picture of this exact scene. Uh, at the turn, everything was going great. We were all maintaining very well. couple of light beer skis, and that's all we were doing. Nothing else crazy. Uh, but I remember last year, Frisco Doug and I got a quick shot of Jack at the turn just to kind of rev those engines a little bit. 
So I thought that seemed to me like a really solid idea. Yes, I should get us four shots of Jack. So we go in to get it poured out. And, uh, you know, the guy pours the shots and then, like, kept pouring. So I bring those outside. And what do those look like to you, Matt? Uh, well, what you did is you had ordered four shots, but <laughs> he gave you 12 shots uh, total. So <laughs> it felt like But it, it happened to be in four cups. Oh, my gosh. Felt felt so terrible going down. Frisco, Dehar, what what did you think about when you saw the cups come out? What what was your thought inside of your brain? Well, at first, when I looked at the cup, I didn't think it was that much. But then when you took the shot, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. So, again, we're going to post a, a cool picture of that just to kind of see where the – that's where the thing started to go wrong. Not long after that, uh, we really – Frisco Doug and I really started to pour it on you guys. And for all the viewers out there, I mean, doesn't Matt seem like the nicest, sweetest guy in the world? Matt is the nicest, sweetest guy in the world. However, him and D-Hart, they got a thing. If if their if their relationship isn't going swimmingly at any good moment, Matt could potentially fly off the handle. <laughs> <laughs> so our nice, sweet, cuddly Matt. Uh, comes up and asks a score after a particularly bad hole. I believe you made something that was a lot. Uh, Dehar didn't have his best hole. It was another big win for uh, for Tony and Frisco Doug. And uh, Dehar didn't want to tell you what the score was. And I mean, absolutely lost your ass on him. I don't know why you had to lose it. You were F-bombing him up and down. And just like, where did Matt go? And who is this the guy who's clearly possessed his body? Retort, Matt? You have a retort for that? I believe the terminology after my question was uh, somewhere along the lines of Derek asking me why I ask such a moronic question. <laughs> and for some strange reason, for some strange reason, the uh, the I, I just the fire inside of my gut exploded, and uh-huh. uh, there were I started releasing expletive deleteds. Uh, I believe I caught Frisco Doug off guard. Tony was probably yes. like, nah, I probably could see that coming. Yeah, I've um, seen this but move. here's the deal. Here's the deal. Derek put him up there with some of the most competitive individuals in the world. I mean, Michael <laughs> Jordan, Larry Bird, uh, you know, Richard Petty in NASCAR, very competitive. D Hart, massively competitive, has that competitive fiery streak. Uh, did not like my question when I asked it, and uh, I paid the ultimate price. No, you didn't. You you blew him up, man. He didn't blow. No, you up. no, no. He came back with the moronic con con uh, comment, and then I made him pay the ultimate price. So. Yes, you did. With almost getting us kicked off the course. With ah, the, the, the marshal did not come. The marshal did not come and visit us. Not one of my finer moments. But hey, you know what? We talked it out. Everything everything is good. I'd like to say and report to all podcasts. <laughs> Listeners, that D Hart and I's relationship is just fine. Is yes. just fine. Yes, it recovered nicely thanks to the ribs back at the house. D Hart, what was one of your favorite moments from the weekend? Well, you noticed I was staying quiet that entire story, so that tells enough about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my story is, let's just title it: Matt is the luckiest person I know. Okay, I've never seen someone down to the proverbial felt. So many times, like I have, Matt. So let me put this story into context for you. It's Saturday (laughs) night. It's 9 p.m. And Matt has already gone to the ATM to reload. And those of you that know Matt, this is not a surprising thing. (laughs) So Matt brings back $300. 
loses 150 real quick. And then I see Matt put out like three green chips or something. And the next thing you know, he looks up at me with this dumbfounded smile and says, I just hit quads. We're playing <laughs> on what game? Tech. What game? Yeah. Ultimate. The, the ultimate, ultimate game. The ultimate chasers game. Second to Mississippi <laughs> stud. And the next thing you know, Matt is up four grand. So I know Andy Jensen's listening to this and I know he shares the same sentiment with me, Matt. It doesn't matter. He could dump slot machines, Mississippi stud roulette. As long as he's got a hundred dollars in front of him, just be damn sure he's going to get up before he ever loses all of his money. So quick story at the end of the night, you know, Matt had a blow up early earlier in the day on me for, being moronic, we're not going to debate that. <laughs> we're ready to leave, and the four of us are legitimately yes, yes. all seen three showing or four si- times showing signs of impairment, showing <laughs> yes, signs we of were. impairment. <laughs> and uh, Matt has rattled off four or five solid hands in a row, just building that stack. The rest of us have all lost hundreds of dollars, and we're all ready to go home and eat these ribs that are waiting for us. Matt turns around. Looks just the three of three of us in the face and says, "We're not leaving. We are not leaving. I can't, can't leave on leave a on a, can't leave on a heater, dude. Can't, can't leave, leave on, on a heater. heater. Can't leave on a heater. And you know, and you know, Matt's had plenty to drink when he leans down and his chin is tucked into his chest and he looks above his glasses line. He's not looking through his glasses. He's looking above and says, "We're not leaving." That's just um, that's just that's just the story of Matt. So. Last oh, thing so last good. thing about that hand, Matt was playing somewhat close to the table max, and when he knew it was the last hand, hey ton, what do you think he did? <laughs> All in. Uh table max on every circle. And if there wasn't a player in one of those other circles, he was gonna play that one too. That's true. He did. Erroneous. I did place the table max. <laughs> I didn't play two hands. I'm, I'm oh, telling you man. guys, table if you match. Ever, if this this is why I go to the casino with Matt, and I don't gamble because Matt is such an entertaining gambler. Oh, yeah, such good stuff. And he and he was ready to unleash on you one more time too. I'm I was telling. welcoming it. Uh, uh, well, he was also trolling me that night again. <laughs> Saturday night. There's what what was going on the next day? Oh yeah, it was the Super Bowl. Hey, my t- my squads, my squads in the Super Bowl. Derek is basically trolling me, telling me that uh, I'm a bandwagon fan. I'm a bandwagon Chiefs fan, <laughs> trolling me in front of everyone. And, you know, I took it with a grain of salt because I just hit quads for like 3,500. So life was okay. Hey, oh, hey real so quick, good. just to cap off that story. Um, conveniently, Matt has 4,000 in his pocket. But somehow his debit card was expired on the Uber app and couldn't pay for the Uber home. It is weird how that happens. Yeah, it comes- because I didn't, I did not update my Uber application uh, with my new card. I mean, it's very simple. Ugh. I could have hailed a cab. Genius idea. We're not going to ride the cab, Matt. It's right, Uber, right. Lyft, or nothing at all. Hey, Matt, what's your favorite story from the weekend? You know, it's crazy. I'm sitting here. We have bullet points in front of us. And the story that I wanted to tell popped directly into my head right when you asked the question. So you know that it's going to be good. 
Um, after we got done playing golf, we got ourselves together. We went to Benny's uh, for a few martinis. Uh, I've never seen a place like this before where happy hour starts at 4.30. Frisco, Doug, and Tony say, hey, man, we guys, we got to get there about 15, 20 minutes early because this place is going to fill up at 4.30. As Tony alluded, Palm Springs, uh, these folks like to get out there, get their business done, and get back home because they all have 7, 6.30, 7 a.m. tea times uh, on the green carpets of golf. So we get there 15, 20 minutes early. Tony and Frisco, Doug, were correct. This place was jumping at 4.45. I mean jumping. So we have some uh, homemade chips with a tremendous aioli dip uh, for the chips. Yeah, they were lovely. Uh, We had uh, martinis. Um, They started, you guys started me off nicely with a cosmopolitan just so I didn't, (laughs) uh, just because I didn't have quite the martini uh, taste. You know, I've never really dabbled with martinis too much. Oh, hey, by the way, Matt. Yeah, quick interruption. We got that picture going to be uploaded, too, as well. Continue. Uh, okay, good. Yeah, the Cosmo was awesome. Um, and then I believe we had a nice glass of uh, Pinot Grige or Cabernet. I mean, two drinks at Benny's. And then Tony turns to me, and I'm thinking he's joking, and he's like, Matt, it's time for you guys to get the heck out of here. That wasn't quite your terminology, but since there's <laughs> kids listening, I'm going to save ourselves. And then I said, yeah, yeah, that's that's funny, Tony. Tony says, no, 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 no. Uh, you guys need to leave now. So I push my chair in. Dehart meets me. We roll outside to the cab stand. We have a nice conversation with the young man who's who's uh, running the cab stand or the valet pickup. And it was so beautiful that night. And we get our Uber. And Derek and I are like, well, let's just leave these guys. He told us to leave. Let's head down to the <laughs> casino. So as we blast out of Benny's, we roll down one of the thoroughfares. Who knows? All the city or all the street names are named after 50s and 60s movie stars. You could drive on Bob Hope Drive, Dean Martin Drive, Dinah Shore Boulevard. Not gotcha. sure which one we yeah. were on. Not sure which one we were on. But our Uber driver had all the windows down. He had the sunroof back. And Derek and I were just blasting through Palm Springs, <laughs> man. We were on our way to the casino. We were feeling great. I forgot that Derek called me a moron. He forgot that I called him a bunch of expletive deleteds. We were ultimately two of the happiest guys ever, just blasting our way to the casino. We were the weather was perfect. The wind was just blowing through the car. That was probably my, I think, my best moment. Uh, just just enjoying it after you kicked us out of dinner. So that was fun. That was fun. And Matt, the only reason why I kicked you out is because uh, those uh, those nice ladies wanted our table because. We definitely threw a kink in the Bernie's happy hour uh, just because they, they I think everyone has assigned seating and we come in and took that uh, first class front row table. And oh, yeah. Like, like the guy that was going to beat Derek up for it by guy. He, he was he, he was he wearing older, the light older, or- older gentleman. Yeah. He was wearing the light orange button up with the dark orange jeans. And he was circling. <laughs> Picture a shark circling around a bloody carcass in the sea. Uh, yeah. He was circling around Dehart, letting him know that uh, I'm. I'm pretty sure that's our assigned seats. We've been sitting there for probably about eight years now. So yeah, um, yeah. we needed uh, to get out of there. We did. And I wanted to, you know, Frisco Doug and I wanted to chat up the, uh, the ladies, the one at our table, Jan and her friends, uh, combined age, 376 years old between the three of them. (laughs) Uh, But they were sweet. They were sweet. They just want, you know, talk to some guys that uh, aren't, aren't a hundred, right. They, uh, and they got it. We chatted them up and then Frisco Doug came back and said, Hey, uh, 
they left. That's like they really left. They really got the out of here. He's like, yep. I said, all right, let's roll. So we bid uh, farewell to Jan, and we got on down the road too. We we basically just followed your directions. <laughs> That's all we 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 followed Good your stuff. directions. Good stuff. Hey man, what'd you guys? Say? I mean, Palm Springs isn't that isn't that crazy? How what a great place that is. Just the everyone is seriously just nice as nice as can possibly be. Except for the guy who uh, on the driving range. Yeah, yeah, he was he was mean to me. He was mean to me. But other than that, everyone really nice. Super. Well, nice. guys, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Next week we got another hot show. We're going to bring Se- uh, Shannon Sellens on, chat with her for a little bit. But we are also going to steal the booth for the tournament of champions. Maybe it's going to be AJ Johnson this week. Maybe Chris Prather. Maybe Kyle Troop again. It's not going to be Barney though, is it, D Hart? Not going to be Barney. He it's finished not be the Barney. legs of the lefties. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be Barney. We'll see who it is. Guys, thanks so much. Good times. Uh, I'm going to go try and get 10 more hours of sleep. Peace. Peace out.